between Barabbas and Jesus. With the help of the lower forethoughts, in the first place, Pilate's idea, signaling his wife's warning. In the third place, the people's choice. And in the fourth place, Jesus' willingness. Choosing between Barabbas and Jesus. Pilate's idea, his wife's warning, the people's choice, and Jesus' willingness. Congregation, young people, do you see them coming in that dark night? They come with lanterns and torches and weapons. When others are asleep, they're awake and worked up. The Jewish leaders and the temple are very much awake. What are they doing in the dark night? Can they do it during the day? They want to capture Jesus. They hate him. They need to rid themselves from him. But how do they know where he is? Well, Judas is familiar with that. One of the disciples, a tool in the hand of the devil, he told them, and he said, follow me. I know where he is and who he is. I recognize him easily. And if I kiss someone, that's the person. Arrest him. But why do they take weapons along? Swords and knives and spears and sticks, they count on resistance. They expect a fight. Really? With the Lord Jesus and his disciples? However, the Lord Jesus remains so calm and they approach him. Jesus walked up to them and asked them who they were seeking. And he answered, it is me. I am the Jesus of Nazareth. And suddenly, they all fall backwards. They're all on the ground. And they feel something of the hand of God. What a sight, all those strong men with their weapons and the lanterns on the, on the ground. And they have to get up again. And they don't get it that the Lord has spoken. Are they seeking him, Jesus of Nazareth? Well, Jesus repeated the answer, I am he. It is me. But then the Lord Jesus said something very precious. I told you that I am he. If therefore you seek me, let these go that way. You seek me, take me. But let the other disciples go. Let them, let them go. And they did. What a meekness of the Lord Jesus Christ. They only fell backwards. They could have been killed. But they were still able to get up. And they brought him to the high priest's house. And they interrogated him. And they hardened him. Finally, they condemned him to death. But that's easier said than done. They had no authority to kill anyone. The Roman, the, the, the Roman soldiers, the Roman government had forbidden to do that. So early in Friday morning, they're, they're present in Gabbatha, the pavement place, with all those square stones on the floor, pavement. Gabbatha, Litostotras, also called. Let, let me say the courthouse. In front of the courthouse, they gather with the elders and the high priests and the people and, of course, Pontius Pilate. And they falsely accused him. They hated the Son of God. They're so envious, those Jewish leaders. They felt attacked. They had lost control. And they were afraid of Jesus and did not want to accept that. 
And Pilate, Pilate knew that. He knew that they hated him. For example, see it in verse 11. And Jesus stood before the governor, and the governor asked him, saying, Are thou the king of the Jews? And Jesus said unto him, Thou sayest. So they are accusing him. And when he was accused of the chief priests and elders, he answered nothing. So when Pilate asked, Are you the king of the Jews? He said, Thou sayest. What do you say? When they start accusing him, those Jewish leaders, he answered nothing, it says in verse 12. Didn't answer. You should have heard the response of the chief priests and elders. They were loud, they were mean, they were rowdy, angry. And Pilate, Pilate noticed that. He noticed the anger of the people. He had done many court cases before, but he could kind of read the people. He, he felt, felt something that is behind here. And of course, he was not as God, but he had experience, and he, he felt something was wrong. Jesus answered nothing, and just stood there, and let the Jewish leaders talk. He didn't say anything. And Pilate heard that this Jesus was from Galilee and sent him for a few hours to Herod, which was in, who was in town. But then he came back again to Pilate. Did he hear how many witnesses spoke against him? Pilate asked. He did not say a word. That was so strange. Pilate had never seen that before. The son did not defend himself. He had expected people to say, it's not true. It's false. They're lying. I didn't do that. He had seen accused ones on their knees, crying and pleading to let him go and to not crucify him. He had heard angry people. He was surprised. He marveled greatly, verse 14. And he answered him to never word in so much that the governor marveled greatly. Pilate, well, he was human too. He was a cruel, hard man, but he felt something in his heart that they were not honest, and he marveled greatly. So lots of people yelling, accusing, and the Lord Jesus remained so calm. Think about that. Let me mention three texts in the, from the Bible referring to this. His calmness. Matthew 11. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest unto your souls. So that's true for our life as well. We need to be meek and lowly in heart. And the Lord Jesus was so meek. Do you see the meek one standing before Pontius Pilate? And all those rowdy people worked up. And the Lord Jesus, just calm, lowly in heart. Take my yoke upon you. Or Matthew 12 Quoting Isaiah, he shall not strive, nor cry, neither shall any man hear his voice in the streets. See that he is not a man of revolution, of uproar, and of making fights, but he, 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 he did not strive, he didn't cry, he was not loud. He didn't say anything. Or 1 Peter 2.23, who when he was reviled, reviled not again. He didn't do it back. He did not retaliate. 
when he suffered, he threatened not. He threatened not, but committed himself to him that judged righteously. So the Lord Jesus gave it over. That's at least an example for all of us, right? To follow his footsteps. That is already gospel preaching. There is forgiveness. Also, it's a calm, loving, composed, lowly and hard Jesus who was willing to take it all in, to absorb it all, to give salvation. The lesson for us at all times to stay calm. And Pilate knew this man was innocent, right? As we see in verse 18. For he knew that for envy they had delivered him. And Pilate had two options. To crucify this innocent man. He knew he was innocent. Crucifying him, something did not feel right. He was so cruel, we know from other stories. But he, he had a hard time doing that. With this man so meek and so vulnerable, it was not the right thing to do. But if he did not please the high priests and the scribes and the people, he could lose his job. And there was a big uproar in, in town. So what to do? Well, he should not have listened to the Jewish leaders, no matter what. But he had a brilliant idea. I think it was smart. It was custom for many years to free a prisoner close to the Passover feast. As a gesture of the government, of kindness, of cooperation, of compassion. And Pilate's idea was to let the people pick between a notorious criminal and Jesus. And then someone who they for sure would not want to be free and walking on the streets at night. Someone they would be afraid of. The people loved this Jesus, he knew. So they would pick the notorious criminal to be crucified instead of that Jesus. He was sure he could get out of this predicament. And he will let Jesus go and the problem will be solved. Good idea or not? Pontius Pilate is a smart man and could you notice that he does not give in to the scribes and the chief priests? So he has chosen Barabbas. Barabbas. Who is Barabbas? Well, in the first place, that's not too important. It is not about Barabbas in this, in this chapter. But, okay, Barabbas, his name is Bar-Abbas. Bar is son, and Abba, or Abba is his father, right? Abba, father. So son of the father. Beautiful name. Jewish name. So maybe his parents thought of God. That God is the father, and that he was the son of God. Beautiful name. There are more people with beautiful names, like Judas. A beautiful name doesn't say anything. Some old writings tell us that Barabbas also had another name. That his name was actually Joshua Barabbas. Or Jesus Barabbas. Because Joshua or Jesus are very common names those days. It's really well possible. But the Bible says... In all the four Gospels, something about him. So let us try to get an idea of what type of person he was. And they had then a notable prisoner. He was in prison, and he was a notable prisoner. 
What is that? Well, people have taken notice of him. He, people knew him. Everyone knew him. He was infamous. Infamous man. So they would shock them and say, Brabas, no. We can't let him free. There was no purpose. On March 15, and there was one named Barabbas, which lay bound with them that had made insurrection with him. Insurrection is an uproar. She was involved in, 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 in politics and wanted to get rid himself of the, of the government. It was an insurrection. It was an uprising against the government. And he was caught in that. He had made an insurrection with him who had committed murder in the insurrection. So accidentally or on purpose, someone was killed in that uprising. And they kept him responsible for that. He killed someone. On Luke 23, who for certain sedition made in the city and for murder was cast into prison. So again, a sedition, an insurrection, it's almost the same, in the city and for murder. And in John 18, then cried they out again, say, no, not this man, but Barabbas. Now Barabbas was a robber. So Barabbas, as a notable prisoner, was someone, maybe one of the zealots, Maybe they were really Jewish, but very, very fiery and dangerous. And if you, could, if you be close to him, you, you don't know what's going to happen. If this man got upset, he had a short temper, I suppose, so he easily killed people. So dangerous man, absolutely dangerous man. Is this Barabbas a type of all of us? I would think so, right? Don't, don't we have all that same anger in us? Do we not all have that same short fuse in us, that same rebellion in us? In, in, in a sense, that's true. This Barabbas stands in this chapter for an enemy of God and the people. He stands for the world, for sin. And not an example at all. So Pilate had a good idea, but as we will see, it did not work. Second thought, his wife's warning. Pilate had the idea of choosing Barabbas, and he already talked with the people about it, Barabbas, can, let, let's free Barabbas and let Jesus go. And then there is in this chapter uh, a pause. When he was set down on the judgment seat, his wife sent unto him, saying, Have thou nothing to do with that just man? For I have suffered many things this day in a dream because of him. So there's an interruption. Pilate could have asked right away, the people, who do you choose? But he did not know that, do, do that yet. He, he, he waited. The chief priests and elders persuaded the multitude that they should ask Barabbas and destroy Jesus. That is after his wife got involved. His wife, his, her name was Claudia, we know. Her husband left the house rather early that morning. She was yet 
asleep, I suppose, and she had a dream. I don't know exactly what dream it was. Did she hear a voice? Did she uh, meet a person? Was there a warning? What was the content of it? We have no idea. But one thing we know, she was afraid through this dream that her husband would be in trouble if he would condemn a just man. Now, was that dream given by the Lord directly as to an uncovered person? Does the Lord give dreams to uncovered persons to reveal something? Or was it just something that surfaced in her subconsciousness that she was half awake and just that something surfaced in the dream that was she had been busy with before? I don't know, but what we know is it was under the Lord's providence that she had his dream. And she sent a messenger to her husband, and he handed over a note, or he whispered something in his ear, and he paused. He waited. He thought about it. He, he, he listened to that. He was distracted, right? And that time of distraction, I don't think it was only five minutes, the time of distraction was used by the Jewish leaders. And they quickly went through the multitude and said, you pick Barnabas, right? You better choose him. He needs to be freed. That Jesus needs to be crucified. Just make sure you, 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 you vote right. So they influence the vote, so to speak. If his wife would not have said anything, if she would not have dreamed his dream, if he, would have, if he had, could, could push right through, the people would have said, Oh, yeah. Let Jesus go free then. Because he knew that the people were not so against Jesus. They had just said, Hosanna, Hosanna, blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. The people honored him. So he knew kind of that the people would choose Jesus to be freed. But this time was used by Satan. This time was used to influence the people. So Pilate passed, and the people were influenced. I've suffered many things this day in a dream because of him, but the chief priests and elders persuaded the multitude that they should ask Barabbas, and destroy Jesus. So they're so adamant, so fiery, so worked up. They could not accept it, it otherwise. How sad. Choosing Barabbas over Jesus. That's unheard. What did Christ do to them? Did they not value him? Had many not said Hosanna? Again, if Claudia would not have spoken to her husband, it would have been over. But all things must work together for good, also in this sense. Everything worked together for the crucifixion of Christ. The part was not done yet. He hated to kill Jesus. And we know that he was a cruel man and usually did not care about the death of criminals. But he, it was different. This man was innocent. So what should I do to him? He could not prevail. He could not win. He could not convince the people. And he asked for, uh, for water, a tub of water. And publicly he washed his hands in the water. 
And he said, I am innocent of the blood of this just person. He tried to solve the predicament. But now he, it, it does not work. He, he, and he shows his real feathers. He's weak. He budges. His job, his reputation, his life is more important. And therefore, he is guilty of manslaughter. He knew that Jesus was innocent, yet he gave him over. And the washing of his hands was just a show. It was just his conscience. And it did not help. Water does not save us from our sins. Only the blood of the Lord Jesus does. So he, had, he tried to have an excuse He's defending himself. I am innocent. I forgive myself. I understand what I'm doing. Sorry, but I, this way it is. I can't help it. Right? Is that not something of us people? When we're in a predicament, we try to defend ourselves, say, you know. Understand me. He is evading responsibility, isn't he? Like, like Eve, blaming Adam. Like Adam, I mean Eve, uh, bl- bl- blaming the serpent, and Adam blaming Eve. And Aaron. Defending himself when he made a golden calf. It's self-deception. And those excuses are invalid. Washing your hands in water. Saying sorry. Some people blame their own character. To where they are. People blame trauma. Or my wife. Is like that, or my husband is like that, or think of the circumstances, or think of my upbringing. So we wash our hands with water, but we need to confess our sins and be willing to be responsible. So don't wash your hands in innocence. Do not deceive yourself, but realize that your sin, whatever the circumstances are, is your sin. So we must also blame Pontius Pilate. He was wrong no matter what. We may understand him, but he is wrong. Brings to the third part. The people's choice. Why? Let them be crucified, they said. And the governor said, why? Verse 23. What evil has he done? But they cried out the more, saying, let him be crucified. Let him be crucified. They rejected their own Messiah. They did not desire him. They did not highly esteem him. He had done many good things for them. And healed so many people. But they did not care for him at all. So they rejected him. And they said, crucify him. What a foolishness. They were enemies of themselves. Obstacles to their own salvation. They did not want this king. They preferred Barabbas. A notorious prisoner. A robber, a murderer. They have chosen the world over Jesus. They've chosen death over life. How dumb. This is true by nature. That we try to defend ourselves. No, they don't want to take the responsibility. Although in a way they do. Because they said, his blood be upon us and on our children. You know, 25. 
So in, in a way they say to Pilate, it's our responsibility. But the Lord does not validate that statement. People can say foolish things like, may God condemn me if that's true. People can even pray for their own condemnation. But this does not mean anything. Some people say that because of this prayer of the Jewish people, that the Lord is done with Israel, which is not true. They said his blood be on us and on our children. That's what they said. But the Lord did not hear that, did not answer that, did not respond to that. Let me show you from the Bible that the people of Israel, although they have said his blood be upon us, Although they've said that, the Lord says, no way. You are not a cursed people. They said that. They said you're a cursed people. The Lord said you're not. Romans 11. God has not cast away his people which he foreknew. Watch ye not what Scripture saith of Elias, how you make the intercession to God against Israel. Even so, then at this present time, our soul is a remnant according to the election of grace. As concerned the gospel, they are enemies for your sakes, but as touching the election, they are beloved for the Father's sakes, for the gifts and the calling of God are without repentance. So the Lord does not repent of that. It's still a special people. Whenever you meet Jewish people, you have to think about that. Special people, chosen people, not saved per se, but the chosen people. That's why the Apostle Paul, when he went to the, on his mission trips and visited towns in what's now Turkey, when he entered into a city, the first thing he did is going to the synagogue. First he did, always. He go to the synagogue to the Jewish people. He could not forget about the Jewish people. He had to talk to them. And if there was no result, then he turned his back and went to the Gentiles. But he always, he always first went to the Jewish people. So there's something to think about. Also meaningful for us today. Are we deep down not the same, easily influenced, and also enemies of Christ? Philippians 3.18 For many walk, of whom I have told you often, and I will tell you even weeping, that they are the enemies of the cross of Christ. The Apostle was weeping. Because his hearers were enemies of the cross of Christ. It's not only the Jews' fault that Jesus crucified. It's not only Judas' betrayal. It's not only Soldiers and Pilate. It's us. We do that. It's a general sin of mankind. And this Bible story is mainly about that point, about that we have chosen and constantly make the choice for Barabbas and not for Jesus. How foolish Barabbas was a man of the sword. And Jesus said to the apostle Peter, put that sword back. But they yet have chosen Barabbas. Barabbas sacrificed others. He murdered. He sacrificed people. He didn't care. Lord Jesus sacrificed himself. And still they choose Barabbas. 
Prabhupada wanted to be king, or at least being close to a king. And Lord Jesus refused the earthly crown. And yet they wanted Barabbas. Barabbas was the man of revolution. And Christ, the man of regeneration. But they wanted Barabbas. Barabbas was carnal. Jesus spiritual. But they wanted Barabbas. Barabbas wanted political freedom. And Jesus Christ, freedom of the slavery of sin. They have chosen Barabbas to be freed. And they, re- they released him. So let me hand out the ballots this morning. At the membership meeting, the last few membership meetings we had that here in church. And we had elections, right? Elders and deacons, then we have ballots with names on there. For example, two men, and you have to check mark one of them to become an elder. So we hand out the little bit of the ballots, and everyone fills it out, and we gather the ballots, and on the table here we count them, or we just ask the committee to count them, and they come back and they say, Sunny counts for him. So it counts for them, for him. So that means that he is chosen. We ask him if he has the freedom to accept it. Let me hand out the ballots this morning. And you write down what your heart says. Who do you desire? Do you desire Jesus or Barabbas? So write down, write down now, your, your thoughts. You write down, Jesus, with my whole heart, not with your head, not with your heart. Is that what it is? Or do you write down Barabbas? Oh, I can't do that. I can't write Barabbas down either. I think I leave the belt blank. I just hand in blank. He said, I cannot choose. Is that your response? A few things. You have filled out the ballot already. You don't have to do it. Again, to have it filled out, you have filled out already. And let me see your ballot. Barabbas. You have chosen Barabbas already. It's already on your ballot. It's in your heart. And a change is necessary. I think my grandfather's text, he will stop with, choose ye today. Whom he will serve. You say, Minister, we cannot choose. We have no free will. Don't push it too hard. We have no free will. You know? I'm going to shock you and then, and then explain it. You have a free will. That's, that's not sound, minister. But I can approve it. You have a free will to do the wrong thing. That is so easy for you to do evil and to make the wrong choice. It's so easy. You're not bound. You're not held back. There's no inability to do evil. You have an ability. You're prone to all evil. But you don't have a free will to choose Jesus. Right. But you have a free will to choose Barabbas. In fact, you already did. It was an easy choice. 
Barabbas. Crucify him, crucify him. If you don't love him, that Jesus, if you don't take refuge unto him, if he is not doing everything, if you don't rely on him completely and seek your salvation only in him, if that's not the case, then you are an enemy of him. And in fact, you did not only fill out the ballot in the past, in Adam and in yourself, but by nature you do it every day. Every day again. Not Jesus. No room in the inn. No room in my heart. I can pretend it, but it's not just there. What I hope today is that you go home and that you cry. That you say, I have chosen Barabbas my whole entire life. I've chosen for death. I've chosen for the world. And I am against Jesus. The people of Israel, the multitude, was easily influenced. So you see it, although they seem to love Jesus, although they appreciate him in a sense, deep down in their hearts was the rebellion. And that doubt came out. But let me say, if you have been enemy of Jesus so far, that Lord Jesus is so calm, and he stands for Pilate, and he continues with his work. And he saves the people from their sins. And he saves people. In spite of the fact that they have chosen against Jesus. See what's happening on the day of Pentecost. The Apostle Peter accuses them. They've crucified their Savior. And they are pricked in the heart. May you be pricked in the heart today. So you say, I am not such a good person. I always go to church. I always sing the Psalters. I always am a member of the congregation. I, I like the sound doctrine. But you know, you have filled out the ballot wrong. You have chosen for Barabbas. So it won't help you. All religion won't help you. It's all... Worthless, in a sense. So don't be proud of your religion. Don't be proud of your life if you have not chosen by heart, with your heart, by God's grace, for this Jesus to be freed. Brings to the last thought, Jesus' willingness Congregation, let's go back to verse 11. <clears throat> and Jesus stood before the governor, and the governor asked him, saying, Are thou the king of the Jews? And Jesus said unto him, Thou sayest. See the way the Lord Jesus responded, so calm as we have seen before, so composed. The king of kings standing before a mortal man. He could have killed him. He could have dropped dead right there. The Lord Jesus could have walked away like he did when they wanted to throw him off a cliff in Nazareth. He could have simply disappeared. He could have vehemently defended himself. He could have shown his majesty. But he did not. He gave himself over and did not want to be set free. It was even God's providence that Claudia interfered, so there was more time to influence the people, because the purpose of Jesus was to die, to be crucified. He wanted it. He had promised to die. He had promised this from the very beginning. In eternity, he had given himself and he had said, Here I am to do thy will, O God. And Christ was faithful. 
to this promise. So who did he do this for? Four answers. He loved his father. And Lord Jesus had promised to suffer for his father's sake, for his glory's sake. And he knew this was so pleasing to God. So he was adamant. I want to be crucified. That's behind this. For his father's sake. Because of the justice of the father. He did not want the church to be, to have the church in an illegal way. He loved his church, therefore. He loved the church with an eternal love. However, he did not only love the Father, and he did not only love justice and love his people, it's something else. So let me ask you if you know. What was the deepest desire, that is the foundation, of why Christ was so willing to be crucified. Yes, for his father. Yes, for justice sake. Yes, for the life of his people. Something else. Do you know? He did it for himself. Not only for his father, not only for justice sake, not only for his people, for himself. For as a young man marrieth a virgin, so shall thy sons marry thee. And as the bridegroom rejoices over the bride, so shall thy God rejoice over thee. And it's also true for Jesus. He rejoices in his church. And that's why he did that. Isaiah 65. And I will rejoice in Jerusalem and joy in my people. And joy in my people. This is unfathomable. The Lord Jesus rejoicing in his people. And the voice of weeping shall be no more heard in her, nor the voice of crying. And we read in Son of Solomon 3.11, Go forth, O ye daughters of Zion, and behold King Solomon with the crown, wherewith his mother crowned him in the day of his espousals, and in the day of the gladness of his heart. There was so much gladness in the heart of Jesus when he was standing here before Pilate. He loved doing that. He thought, I am doing it for myself. He, he, could, he, could, he could not have walked away for his father's sake, and for justice's sake, for his people's sake, but he could not have walked away for, for his own sake. The clearest text for this is Hebrews 12, verse 2. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who, for the joy that was set before him, endured the cross, despising the shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. So the Lord Jesus was excited was joyful and he thought not not, not too long anymore and I have paid the price for my bride and he bought the bride not only out of pity for the bride to save the bride he felt sorry for them he wanted the bride for himself because he loved the bride Congregation, would you love to share the joy? He will rejoice in his people. He suffered 
under Pontius Pilate. And the hypercatechism speaks about that. That he being innocent and yet condemned by a temple judge might thereby free us from the severe judgment of God to which we were exposed. We are exposed to the severe judgment of God. And Lord Jesus came to make a joy out of it, that he would rejoice in his people. But someday I will stand before the judge and you with me. And the books will be opened. And then the ballots will be opened. And then the Lord will see if something changed. Because there was Barabbas on there. If the Barabbas had been crossed out. David says, Lord, thou knowest all things. Thou knowest that thou love me. If, if that's on your ballot, it makes all the difference. And of course, not the choice of your head, but the choice of heart. So Christ is preached unto you today. And I beg you, do not harden your heart. Like the Jewish people there. Listening to those voices of the leaders. Harden not your heart. So the ballots are handed out. Look at your ballot at home. Bow your knees at home. And say, Lord, this needs to change. Otherwise, I will be condemned with Barabbas. Because Barabbas, although he was set free, although he was released, it was illegal. There was not justice. He was not converted. He, had, he was not changed. We don't need any evidence about that. He is a lost person. So ultimately, he was delivered for a while. But we need to be delivered from the severe judgment of God by the Lord Jesus Christ. So the emphasis in this chapter is on that choosing. If we respond to that, whether of the twain will ye that I release unto you, they separate Pilate saith unto them, What shall I do then with Jesus, which is called Christ? They all said unto him, Let him be crucified. And he and he did. He was willing to go by to go to, to go to, to go to, to pursue that. And therefore he has paid the price and he has given his blood so that there's not only water to wash your hands in, there's blood that cleanses from all sin. That's our hope and expectation. Amen.